Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. As the infection rate and death toll of the novel coronavirus continue to climb, more Americans are rethinking their diet to help ward off infection, as illustrated by the dramatic increase in sales of immunity products and people buying them in the U.S. According to IRI's April 4 COVID-19 Impact Report, Economy Report, sales of immunity products jumped 199% in the year ending March 22nd, and the number of people purchasing the products is up 125%. Sales of vitamins also are up 77%, as are sales of gastrointestinal products with probiotics, which increased 30%. Now, while these products may provide a level of physical and even mental aid during the ongoing crisis, they represent only a tip of the iceberg when it comes to the potential health benefits of a well-balanced and tailored diet. According to the recently formed American Nutrition Association, There's a rich, evolving body of science illuminating the nutrition's impact on our health and can prevent and reverse disease. But it adds, because our biology is unique, personalized nutrition is the most powerful way to tap that health potential. Even before COVID-19, the idea of personalized nutrition and the companies offering consumers access to it have been gaining traction in the U.S. But for the concept to reach its full potential, ANA leaders say industry and broader nutrition science community must agree on standards and scalability in research, data, training, products, services, and clinical practice. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, ANA CEO Michael Stroka and ANA Foundation board member Tom Blue share a proposed definition of personalized nutrition that ANA recently published in the Journal of the American College of Nutrition that they say they think will catalyze the evolution of the field. They also discuss a marketing potential of personalized nutrition for food and beverage manufacturers, strategies for overcoming potential roadblocks that could hinder the segment's development, and where they see the space in five years. Founded by a coalition of like-minded sister organizations, the American Nutrition Association is on a mission to move nutrition to the forefront of healthcare culture from its current status as an afterthought. To do that, Stroka explains the nonprofit and key stakeholders worked together to draft the proposed definition of personalized nutrition, which he said he believes can serve as a springboard to embed personalized nutrition into the healthcare system to prevent, treat, and manage disease and optimize human health. Personalized nutrition is, you know, really what we see as the future of nutrition. We're transitioning because the science, the data, the technology, the know-how is now really rapidly arriving on the scene where we can, you know, really transform the landscape from really a public health approach to nutrition, right? Like a population-based approach, like an averaged approach to this deeply targeted, personalized approach, really an N of one, 
looking very deeply, you know, into the window of one individual, their biochemistry, their microbiome, their metabolome, um, you know, their particular, you know, their age, their health status, their health conditions, all of these, you know, factors that go into making each of us a you know, completely unique individual. Well, we are now really on the cusp of being able to, based on the science and the data and all these tools, aggregate all that information in a, in a sensible way to really give this very deep, you know, targeted um, uh, recommendations, you know, to optimize an individual's health through this very powerful tool of nutrition. So personalized nutrition is, it's like, you know, turbocharging this already great power of nutrition. So now the question is, well, how do you do that, right? It, it is a nascent field, right? It's a develop, rapidly developing, but still a developing science, a developing practice, a developing, um, you know, industry. And, you know, so, so how do you, you know, catalyze the effort to really move all of this forward in a really sensible way for maximum impact of personalized nutrition? And again, consistent with our mission to champion the science and practice of personalized nutrition, we really felt it was important to start to, you know, lay down some markers around what is personalized nutrition. Um, and that's deeply important so that the scientific community can get their arms around it. And as we go forward and, and evolve all of the education and training certifications that we do, that they're consistent with, you know, this very bright future for personalized nutrition. The core definition that we came up with is that personalized nutrition is a field that leverages human individuality to drive nutrition strategies that prevent manage and treat disease and optimize health. He adds that ANA further broke down the definition into three key components. There's sort of you know, three main sort of areas of application, and that's personalized nutrition, science and data, personalized nutrition, education and training, and personalized nutrition, guidance and therapeutics. So personalized nutrition, science and data, right? So it's all around in this new world, now that we, you know, have tremendous data and insight into how um, an individual is affected by their by by nutrition and, and individual nutrients, we got to, in some ways, rethink the paradigm for how nutrition science is done. You know, traditional epidemiological population-based studies about, you know, how does an an average you know, human react to some very generic type of input like a, a diet or one particular nutrient, it, it, you know, it's, there's, there has to be a, a new lens through which to, um, to look at nutrition science. And it, it calls into question things like um, um, RCTs, our, you know, randomized control trials, an appropriate and effective means for judging science in this new world of personalized nutrition. And um, so teeing up a lot of those questions, we, you know, in this paper, we didn't answer all these questions, but we teed them up. How do you create standards around how do we now gather science in a personalized nutrition world? And how do we gather data in a way that's consistent, uniform, and then can be used to, you know, make sure that that um, science is, um, uh, is catalyzed in a really powerful way. So then the second one is, personalized nutrition, education, and training. So how do we create standards around the um, you know, education and training protocols for practitioners 
as they get up to speed in this, you know, very new science. Um, so a whole host of, you know, sort of things that need to be thought about there in terms of um, the, you know, certifications that need to be done, uh, the, you know, training guidelines, standard of care guidelines, all of the ways that, that one as a practitioner is going to need to be thinking about how do they translate this science and data into, um, you know, actionable um, recommendations for their for their clients and patients. And then third is personalized nutrition guidance and therapeutics. So that's where we really get into um, how do we come up with algorithms. Again, a lot of it's with the assistance of AI and other technologies around um, creating, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. How do you then translate, um, you know, the, the science and data, the general education and training to now you've got an individual patient or client in front of you. What are, what's the very specific guidance and therapeutics that you apply to that, you know, patient or client that's in front of you? What are the mechanisms for that? What are all the things that must, you know, must be involved? Uh, what are the platforms that are most going to be able to leverage the practitioner's ability to do that? While these may sound like big questions for an idea that most mainstream Americans, and even healthcare practitioners for that matter, haven't heard of yet, Stroka said finding the answers now will make it easier for governmental bodies, insurance companies, and the medical community at large to incorporate personalized nutrition into healthcare. Ultimately, as time goes on, we're going to want to have personalized nutrition, as I said, in the core of healthcare and the healthcare system. That means you need to have certain scientific standards so that you know, governmental bodies, agencies, etc., will, uh, you know, there's proof that this is powerful and does have impact. And it needs to you know, be um, packaged in a way that governmental entities and insurance agents, insurance companies can understand it, agree to it. It has to be to a certain level of standardization that it can be then done in a scaled way that um, you know, a, a, a large you know, group of healthcare practitioners can actually apply in a meaningful and standardized way. And that then, again, governmental bodies and insurance companies can recognize as, you know, personalized nutrition and thus it be hooked into the appropriate elements of the healthcare system in terms of rights to practice, insurance reimbursement, lab ordering, all of those, those types of things. Even though personalized nutrition isn't yet a household term, Blue believes it soon will be because so many consumers are trying to take control of their health but are frustrated by inconsistent results from fad diets and one-size-fits-all approaches to dietary recommendations. The consumer population has been sort of primed with the, with the frustration of sort of the failings of one-size-fits-all nutritional advice and, and then further primed with the celebration of, the, of, of sort of the, the, the sequencing of the genome back in 2000, 2001, you know, as, as sort of unlocking the, you know, the, the, the book of life. So just the idea of personalization seems to really naturally resonate with, with people. Uh, and, and so there's, I think there's, a, there's an unusual early adopter appetite for, for personalized solutions. It's just, the, 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 just intuitively the idea that, 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 you know, that nutrition's not a one-size-fits-all thing you know, has people ready to start investing money. And you can even see it in adherence rates to recommendations. I mean, when there's a degree of personalization involved with it, you know, people, you know, people are more inclined to, you know, to, to, to stick to it. So it, it, it does create a really interesting environment for 
entrepreneurs and 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 companies you know companies stepping into the space because unlike a lot of things it's almost like the you know the consumer population is sort of is is really primed for it blue ads there are several ways that innovative entrepreneurs can answer the consumer call for new solutions and begin to help shape the idea of personalized nutrition but he says that each solution must include three key elements in order to succeed one a prescribing function two, a consumption component, and three, a feedback loop. When you look at the prescribing function, it's, it's like, you know, and, and this is something where we see a great deal of, of variability out in the marketplace today. It's like, on the basis of what do we, do we create the advice? And so we have some companies that are, you know, that are proposing to do it with essentially surveys. Others are looking at microbiome. You've got genetic testing. You've got the blood testing. Uh, you know, ranging from micronutrient testing to other blood markers and, you know, and, and, you know, urine, saliva, whatever markers that, you know, that are going to indicate, you know, the, the, the progress that's occurring or whether nutrient levels are reaching what they, you know, what they should be or what you think they should be, et cetera. And so, and so there, you know, there's an entire question around sort of what's the best way to prescribe. And then the, you know, the, the thing about personalized nutrition that, that I think a lot of commercial enterprises are overlooking is, is that, it's an ongoing it, it by almost by definition there's there's a necessity for for an ongoing relationship and interaction so it's like okay you've given me my personalized prescription i'm now taking my supplements or eating in this different way i'm exerting myself to change my behavior and i need a feedback loop to show that this is working if i'm going to if i'm actually going to adhere to something over the over the long term and so that necessitates the you know the 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 recurrent testing, assessment, measurement, something that creates that feedback loop for the consumer in order to, in order to, to feel like they're getting value for it if, they can't, if, they, if it's not overt and they can't feel insensitive, as is the case with many people. And, uh, and then, of course, you've got now on the consumption side, it's like, okay, what exactly is being prescribed? The, the, in, a, in a way, the easiest thing to, you know, to, the easiest sort of way to apply personalized nutrition is with, with nutritional supplements because you either swallow them or you don't. You know, you either form the habit of putting pills in a tray or however you're taking them or, or, or you don't. When it's, when it's a food plan, of course, the, the, the number of behavior changes that need to occur are, are obviously way, way more. And you also now take in, you have to take into account taste and preferences and cultural norms and lifestyle. Do you travel or do you not? And when you start to, you realize that the, the depth of that rabbit hole of complexity particularly when you're, when you're talking about food plans and food behavior change gets really, really deep uh, on the, you know, on, on, on the personalized side. And so what's going to be really fascinating to see is, is how different entrepreneurs approach the problem in different ways. And when I say entrepreneurs, I don't just mean startup companies. It could be very established companies just embarking on this. But, and, and it's, and it's going to be, and I think that, that, that probably the winners are going to find that they've won because number one, they're, you know, they're working from sound science and that's manifested as, 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 having achieved outcomes for people that, that, that are sufficient to keep people feeling like there's value. But they've also created a, it's not just, you know, it's not just a nutrition solution, but it's, a, it's an experience that people are having with the company. There's a relationship sort of that, that has to occur that's different than it is when you're just selling a supplement or just selling a food product. You know, when you overlay the personalization sort of framing, it, it really does kind of necessitate that ongoing interaction experience and relationship that will be new to a lot of companies or most, most all companies in, this, in the space. Well, the opportunity for entrepreneurs is great in the emerging personal nutrition space, 
so too are the roadblocks, which Blue says run the gamut from scientific logistics to marketing claims to consumer retention and even fulfillment. There are enough kind of layers to, you know, to, to what we just described in terms of sort of deciding on a, on a, on a scientific basis for the prescription, <clears throat> deciding on a method for tracking and recalibration, and, and again, fine-tuning, because a nutrition intervention produces a, a, a different expression of health and disease and, and a different phenotype after a certain period of time that requires that you now sort of reassess that person and, 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 and sort of redesign their personalized nutrition prescription. So that's a constantly moving target. And, you know, at, at a certain point, I wonder if, you know, if, 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 people, if companies aren't going to be held to a bit more account in terms of, in terms of kind of, the, you know, the claims that they're able to make and this type of thing around sort of how they're going about it. <clears throat> I have found that, the, um, again, because the consumer population is sort of primed with an appetite for this, the early adopters, anyway, are particularly forgiving of, of, of the experimentation that's going on. And, and I, I also suspect that what we would see is that the customer retention, sort of the lifetime value of those customers, the retention rate of those customers is probably fairly short as, as companies kind of work through the process of, of long-term engagement. And so, you know, it's a willing early adopter population of experimenters. But, but when it begins to you know, become more mainstream, the um, – you know, cracking the, you know, the, the code on doing all of this at price points that are sustainable as sort of long-term lifestyle, sort of the lifestyle of personalized nutrition will be, will be itself yet another, kind of yet another challenge. And then, and then of course, if you're looking at supplements, the, the, the challenge of fulfilling on, on kind of in of one supplement prescriptions <clears throat> requires, you know, kind of a whole different manufacturing platform to be, you know, to be created. Um, if you think about it, I mean, rather than fix, fixed dose finished products in a bottle, you know, there's, you know, there's, it, it's going to, the, the way that we receive and ingest these supplements and the way that those, those prescriptions are produced and fulfilled is going to, is going to look very different, require some new technologies that, that I suspect we'll start to see surface in, in, you know, even over the course of this year. Stroger adds that fulfillment for companies playing on the traditional food side will also be difficult, but that is also where nutrition professionals can help. One thing to just recommend, a, you know, a, a few different supplements. It's a whole other thing to recommend some pretty serious changes to a person's lifestyle around what are they going to be eating, what's the timing of that eating, you know, is that being additional cooking, is that a meal service, right? There's a lot of different ways to um, to approach that. A lot of great solutions, but it is, you know, that that's a big change for some individuals. Um, and I think Tom is exactly right. It's 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 going to be hard to do that other than mediating that through humans for some some time here and maybe forever right because we are as humans we are social animals and especially any personal change like this um, is it's so much more powerful when it's mediated through a human being right and that's where the healthcare practitioners come in right it's it, it that our belief is you know for, for much, uh, especially in the early days here and for, you know, really for a long time, it's going to be very important that this personalized nutrition, these solutions are mediated through a healthcare practitioner. And that could be a variety of healthcare practitioners. That can be the MD if they're skilled in personalized nutrition. It can be the nutritionist. It can be the health coach even who is 
you know, trained up at least enough to help do the hand-holding in terms of the, the, the meal planning, et cetera. Um, but that is, you know, I agree with Tom, that's, that's a big roadblock for companies in the space is being able to crack that human interface nut. And um, again, that's where I think our association plays a really important role by aggregating a wide variety of practitioners, you know, medical doctors, nutritionists, health coaches, and the entire gamut under you know, this whole umbrella of personalized nutrition. The idea and marketplace for personalized nutrition may still be in its early days, but Stroka says he believes it will take off quickly, especially as the science continues to evolve. The science is just snowballing, right? It, so we see that within five years, we're going to have so much greater information just through the science. Um, it's that integration of the data and the science, right? The more we understand the science, meaning the mechanisms, et cetera, of how the, an individual you know, genome, microbiome, et cetera, interfaces with nutrients, this huge data ba- database of science, of understanding around personalized nutrition here builds up. And then that is able to be deployed more effectively into these interventions, which then, again, have this sort of positive feedback loop. So this will accelerate because of the very nature of this, you know, this, this feedback loop of the science and the data and then the interventions. In terms of the, pra- the practitioner front and the application front, uh, we just see it snowballing so quickly. Again, I think it's, it, it's going to be um, a sort of a, becoming a first-line therapy when it comes to certainly nutrition, you know, how widespread it is within the broader healthcare system that you know, I think is going to take more time. But in terms of nutrition, I, I think the vast majority of nutrition interventions in five years are going to have at least a personalized component to them because the, the public will demand. Blue adds that advances in technology and consumer awareness also will exponentially increase in the next five years creating significant opportunity for early movers. Um, I think within, the, you know, within five years' time, we're going to see uh, a lot of the, let's call it enabling technology uh, you know, and, and infrastructure for personalized nutrition. So you know, the, the things ranging from the ability to produce more end-of-one supplement prescriptions for, you know, for, for consumers at an affordable and price and in a scalable fashion. I think that infrastructure will be there. The ability to integrate the variety of, of, of data sources that can inform the prescription, ranging from genetic tests to lab tests to surveys to wearable data and, and, and what have you. Uh, you, know, well, the, you know, the ability for, you know, for entrepreneurs to sort of launch on the, on the platform of that. It'll become a lot easier to get into the, into the space, and we'll probably see uh, a, hand, a, a number of, of acquisitions, you know, uh, you know, companies like Nestle, as an example, and a number of, of, of really probably very committed collaborations for, you know, to, you know, to, uh, to accomplish and fulfill on the experience that's required. And hopefully by that time, we'll have a handful of companies that have really <clears throat> begun to crack the code on, on not just attracting the, you know, the, the early adopting consumer and the, you know, the biohackers out there, but rather, you know, really attracting and retaining long-term relationships with people that have, that have sort of committed to, you know, whatever those long-term behavior and lifestyle changes are. And, and we'll actually start to see, to see some, you know, sort of the health economic argument for personalized nutrition begin to emerge. And, you know, when you look at, at for example, things that have extre- extremely heavy cost burden on the healthcare system, 
today, but, but have an enormous nutritional component that's today overlooked. Overall, both men agree that personalized nutrition is a fertile area for development during the current pandemic, as well as in the future as Americans increasingly look for ways to improve their health and wellness. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.